Thanks for listening to the New Revival Podcast. I'm Levi, and on today we have a special New Year's Eve kind of a bonus clip with my sister Megan. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, like I mentioned earlier, today is a bonus clip, kind of an extra clip to get you through till next Sunday when we release our new episode, which will be with Dave Carmody from our church who's starting a Reformers Unanimous program here in Trafalgar. Uh, but on today, it's New Year's Eve. We have some family over at Beth and I's house, and my sister Megan decided she wanted to come over here, put the headphones on, and record kind of a bonus clip. And uh, Megan, why don't you go ahead and tell us what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, so it's New Year's Eve, and traditionally, I get more excited about goal planning, list making, and all of that than I do about staying up late. Yeah. <laughs> So what was the way you described it to me the other night, um, a grandma and grandpa's, where you said it's not, you're not setting New Year's resolutions, you're setting, uh, I can't remember how exactly you phrased it. Well, I don't know, I think it's kind of changed a lot recently, especially with social media and things like that. It's very trendy to set resolutions and goals and everybody has like a different take on it, but what I was specifically talking about was... I had just listened to a podcast with a guy, and I'm not going to remember his name. I know his first name was Brendan, but he wrote a book on, like, hyper-productivity. I don't know, very scientific and all that, but it's, like, very, I don't know, very well-known, and people love it. But what he was talking about was don't set resolutions to fix problems. Basically, you know, people are like, I want to lose weight, so there's my New Year's resolution. Lose weight. Don't do that. Like he says, think a little bit broader, you know, look like three years down the road and think about, you know, what are you doing then that you aren't doing now and what skills will you need to gain in the in-between? So I guess you're not really saying I have a problem and I want to fix this. It's I want to get better at this. Yeah. Like, so not saying I'm deficient in any way. It's not some new age hippie way of saying well everybody's perfect in their own way it's it's just trying to be a more positive light of you're not setting yourself up for failure being negative well, saying well i have this one problem and i, want I to think f- it's actually more i think it's harder on yourself not necessarily harder on yourself but i think it's more practical because more if you're honest. looking at it to fix a problem you're most likely not going to stick to it but if you're looking at it as a means to gain a new skill then yep. hopefully in the process of learning a new skill, you're also going to fix a problem. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. So like he was talking about how he, he wanted to be someone who produced videos for his own content, that sort of thing. And he's like, I didn't know how to work a camera. So he's like, so I had to learn how to work a camera. And he, yeah. you know, and a lot of times too, it's just starting, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. But something else that people have been doing recently with like New Year's resolutions, goal planning, all of that is instead of making like a really long list of goals and things you want to accomplish, they pick a word that they want to embody for like the whole year. I remember you saying that last year. Yeah. So I've used like the word move before because then it can apply to a lot of different things. Like I want to move physically. I want to move up in my career. I want to move, you know and grow in my faith you know that sort of thing i've seen words this year like slow has been one you know just slowing down and enjoying uh i saw better as somebody's word things like that 
I don't, that's not my favorite. Like, I, th- I think it does work really well for some people, but that's too broad for too me. Too loose. Yeah. yeah. I need something more practical. So that's my, my favorite are the more practical ways and the actionable ways. I feel like, especially like as I get older, I want things that are really going to happen. You know, I don't want to make like blind promises to myself or to others. So doing that, you know, making them more actionable is so, my thing. So what is something that you would give to somebody that's listening to this now that wants to set some type of goal or resolution or commitment? Um, what would you recommend, I guess, their mindset be and what would a, a good example be? Um, for someone who wants to set a goal or intention. I know like last year my goal was... I want. I knew I was overweight, and I wanted to lose that weight. But it wasn't my goal to be a certain. I didn't have an end goal of what weight I wanted to be. I just knew I wanted to increase my mm-hmm. quality of life by. Mm-hmm. I I knew by losing weight that would happen, and by being more active that would happen. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. I think I would say write it down. So write down what you want your end goal to be. So your yours was a little general, like I want to lose weight. Yeah. Um. And then reverse engineer from there. So think about like what, what can I do to make yeah, that goal happen? Exactly. I like to I like to do that th- uh, the whole reverse engineer from that end goal with a lot of different things. I do it at work. I do it at different projects around, and just I, I find it easier when I have an end goal or when I have a deadline to meet those because I'm like, if I want to get X done, I have to do A, B, and C before I get to that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I chose X at the end, but. <clears throat> Should have chose Z if I was using the alphabet. Excellent, Avery. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a long year. Reverse engineering gives you the practical application. Also, I've learned to you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like, look to others who have achieved similar goals and look and see what they did. And oh yeah, somebody's done it. and They already have a YouTube channel on it. Oh, definitely. And don't feel like that's cheating. I think I always felt like that was cheating. But it's not. No, it's not. It's using your resources to learn from somebody else's mistakes so hopefully you don't make those those same mistakes. But then to, I don't know, it sounds like, I don't know, contradictory to what I just said, but then don't let that be your discouragement when it doesn't look exactly like their story or their plan or whatever. Just use it as that, as motivation, inspiration, and then understand that you're going to write it differently. And something, too, that I I think helps, uh, like last year, like I said, I wanted to lose weight, and whenever I would, like, I knew I had a long way to go, and that was always my my reasoning for not getting started. I'm like, well, it's going to take too long to get where I want to be, so I just won't start, and then that's mm-hmm. not the right frame of mind to have, because the next thing you know, you're way past where you needed, like, would have been if you would have started the last right. time. Right. So it's like, any progress is good progress. I know this is kind of like a more black and white scenario where it's numbers that you can watch move, mm-hmm. but it just, I guess, if I made a mistake, I was like, well, I'm just going to, I'm not... Whereas before I would say, oh, I made a mistake. I ate an Oreo. I might as well just finish this whole package because I already mm-hmm. ruined my diet. Well, yeah. Whereas if you look at it more of, well, oops, <laughs> just kind of like. Well, and I think a big thing too is don't wait until January 1st. Like, that, that's don't the, wait for a Monday. Yep, I think don't that's wait exactly for a it. new month. Like, just exactly start. It. And that's hard for me because I like Not saying that you couldn't now since it's New Year's like, Eve. But. Right. But just knowing that, you know, like, or if it's, it's food, like, you've got your next meal to get back on the wagon or whatever. Yep. 
Um, I was going to say something too, and I lost it. I can't remember what it was. It's also almost midnight, just so people know. Yeah, it's <laughs> 11.25, and people are playing board games. They're playing Awkward Family Photos. Oh, no, they're not. I thought they were playing they're Awkward playing Family Photos games. Amazed. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. No, I think what I was going to say was I am very accountable to a list. So I think knowing what your accountability is. You get that from mom. Yeah. If it, yeah, mom literally raised us off a list, but if I write it down, I feel very compelled to do it. And sometimes there's like, maybe it's just being a girl. Like there's guilt when you don't get it done. And then that thing hangs over for the next few days or whatever. So I'm very conscientious about what I write down. Yeah. And so I think you need to find like what your level of accountability is. Is it inward accountability and you don't need someone to check in on you? Is it an alarm on your phone? Is it a friend? Is it, you know, a program? Like, what is it that it's going to help you get where you want to go? Yeah, you have to know your style of, everybody should know their style of how they learn or how they respond Mm -hmm. to something. I've been through one thing that worked. They've sent me to several different trainings that I've been to where it's taught you to be a trainer you have to know the person that you're training is learning style because if you teach somebody that is a an auditory learner and you can't just give them all visual things because then they, they don't learn but there's different uh, there's different tests and stuff that you can take if you don't know what style of learner you are right. you can find out and then mm-hmm. maybe kind of use that to kind of help something that also that I've found that is super super helpful and it goes along with what you're saying especially in regards to like learning as an adult I think mom and dad you know instilled in us a desire to be a lifelong learner so I think each of us kids are especially like we can prove that in different ways yeah. what I find really fascinating what I love to learn about are like personality frameworks tendencies just like the makeup of who you are and what makes you you and Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies are they're very eye-opening because it's all about how you respond to outward and inward expectations there are four different kinds. There's the obliger, which I am most of the, most people are honestly obligers because you're people pleasers. Okay. You need some form of outward accountability because you're going to say yes to everyone except for yourself. So especially for things that you want to accomplish, you need some kind of accountability and that can look different. You know, it can be a list, it can be a friend, it can be whatever. There's the questioner who always has to know why before they do something. There's the upholder who is just really good at inward and outward expectations. So if they set a New Year's resolution, they're going to stick to it for good or bad. If they have a 7.30 bedtime, it doesn't matter. If they have friends in from out of town, they're going to go to bed at 7.30. You know, like, (laughs) that's the upholder. And then there's the rebel who won't... They have a really hard time standing up to inward or outward expectations. And it can be really hard. Adam is a rebel. (laughs) he took the quiz and he's a rebel and honestly like rebels and obligers usually end up together but rebels actually do better when they find how they are perceived by someone yeah which makes a lot of sense considering like what are adam's interests you know like actor and things like that Mm -hmm. he's he does better when he feels that he's perceived a certain way so it's interesting Mm -hmm. so it helps like figure out like how you ask people for help or things to get done, or how you help yourself, too. It's interesting. Yeah, I think I think knowing how you respond, I guess, since you're setting goals for yourself or 
mm-hmm. resolutions for yourself, knowing how I always work best with. I know you said you have you work well with the a checklist or something that you can mark off. I work best kind of a, well, I'm not kind of. I'm very much so a procrastinator, so I work better with a deadline. Mm-hmm. I may procrast or I may not do anything up until that deadline, but then I'm generally I'm committed to getting it done by whatever I have decided by a certain time I'll do it. I'm like that too. There's yep. nothing as productive as the last minute. Yeah. And then I hate that too because you know you could have done in some cases like you know you could have done more or better or something but you always know it's going to get done so it's hard to stay away from that. Like, I agree. Yeah, you always end up kicking yourself for like oh, if I would have spent a little bit more time I know it could have been a higher quality whatever. But I'm, I've learned that about myself and I can like trick myself into thinking the deadlines earlier than what it actually is i can't do that (laughs) i have alarm set i have i think seven alarms set every morning i have an alarm for how long like to wake me up an alarm tells me okay you've been in bed long enough an alarm set saying you need to get out of the shower now alarm saying you need to be downstairs by now an alarm saying you need to be in the car i have an alarm set for all of those things and Mm -hmm. i won't I've, i've tried i've tried tricking myself and be like oh i'm one alarm ahead of than i am but I know, like, if I leave at this time, I'll get to work at it mm-hmm. on time. Yeah. I do everything by an alarm. I have... Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I have a little, like, Apple sticky note on my desk, and it's, like, my Are morning... Are you saying an Apple, like, an actual Apple-shaped yes. sticky note? I'm a preschool teacher. Okay. <laughs> but it has how I start my day, and it is all based on alarms. I do a 10-minute day-at-a-glance... I just look at what my day looks like because I have a million checklist. And I only look at it for 10 minutes. And then right after that, I do 15-minute power clean. I get up, I clean my desk, or I clean my office, or I clean, I do something like that. And then I sit down in 30 minutes, computer work, email. I try to fit everything I possibly can. Do you can. really do that? Mm-hmm. That's funny. Like, you always listen to podcasts where people say, like, I do it this way. Like, they always like, oh, I wrote a book, and this is what I do. And like, exactly. That's, oh, yeah. that's cool. I do do that. And honestly, like that, I can get what some people need, like eight hours to do done in three. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And then some days it's terrible and I get interrupted. That's the, that's, I have to do it that way because I will get interrupted because a large part of my job is like counseling people and stuff that I didn't know came with the job description. Yeah. Yeah. And I know growing up you've always been this way but you kind of always risen to that that challenge of you may have not set out to be a counselor on something but because it came with the job description you're like if i'm gonna be a counselor i'm gonna be a good counselor and that just kind of yeah happens yeah but i've boiled down my personal resolutions and i know mom has to mom is listening and she's just not she's just not mic'd up (laughs) we can switch it on But I honestly feel that if I could, I could sum up my whole year and I could get a lot done. And I have some lofty goals in this one phrase, reclaim my morning. No. Yeah. Honestly, like successful people, it's statistically shown, statistically, statistically, statistically shown (laughs) that like successful people get up early. And, like, there's different definitions of early, but it could be 4.30, it could be 5.30, it could be 6.30, but they get up early. Like, a significant amount of time spent 
doing what they need to do before they go to work. Yeah. So it could be... I might start going to bed way earlier then. Yeah. Because my first alarm goes off at 4.15, but that's because I have to be out the door by 4.50. Well, yours is hard, but you could kind of like set it up on your short week. Yeah. But, so I just finished a book called Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis, and she's really good. Um, but she wrote a book by yeah, writing you read it. it. I did. <laughs> she wrote a book, guys. <laughs> but she wrote it. She has four children too, and runs a multi-million-dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. That's the opener to her podcast. Oh wow! Yeah, but she wrote her book by getting up an hour early every day and just writing for that hour. Hmm. So she's like, "Don't tell me you don't have time." She's like, you have time for the things you want to do. Yeah. And I'm like, that is powerful. And she is all about saying, like, you are the one propelling you and you are the one stopping you. Yeah. That's exactly it. I've I've never been one. I know uh, that's the way we were raised. Me, you, and Joel were all. Oh, yeah. Joel's our brother that will be on the podcast later on. He wasn't feeling well tonight. Um, But uh, where was I going with this? Oh, um. I've never been one to say somebody say, oh, you can't do that because of this, or you can't do that because of this. Watch me. Mm -hmm. Not to be a rebel about it, but just be like, I I know I can. I just told Adam this again today, and I've said it before. I'm like, I've never been afraid of a cold call. A cold call got me where I am today, you know. Walked in and asked a toy store lady if I could teach a class in her store. Yeah. And I've been there for five years now. Yeah. That, and that's, have Meg, a that's, Megan's other, that's Megan's other job. She is. What's your title there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I still am working a, for a title. I'm a toy store lady that teaches play classes. I'm a play expert. Which, until you told me about this, I didn't even know somebody had to be taught how to play. But it's amazing that you say parents bring their kids in and they don't know how to play with them. And then, having mm-hmm. been in around more people now. That's part of my. It's just New Year's goals and resolutions under the career division is to educate more people about play. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I was thinking about it backwards and that I needed, this is a whole side tangent, that I needed like social media validation before I could do something. I was like, whatever happened to just knowing people or doing it, you know? Mm. So I want to partner with more toy stores and businesses and things like that and share my play knowledge i was asked to speak in dallas did you know that that's in texas it is i did not know that in january in january (laughs) that's all i know i was gonna say that's in uh tomorrow yeah or that's in 25 minutes yeah oh cool well thanks for sitting down with me and talking and uh your first introduction i know this won't be your last time on the podcast i know we have a Another episode scheduled out uh, kind of tentatively with you and Adam. Mm-hmm. I won't say what that title is yet because it may change. Um, but hope yeah. everybody has a good new year or a good rest of 20. Well, I guess this is the rest of 2018. We're going into 2019, which is nuts. Um, we'll talk at you this Sunday with Dave's episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks.